What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Today is our Joker movie spoiler review. Really excited to do this show because Joker has been a polarizing movement for a lot of people. Um, it was a really interesting project when DC announced that they were going to be doing a what's been described as the, a, a Scorsese-esque take on the Joker. Todd Phillips is the director. He's made a lot of headlines with some of his commentary about people's thoughts about the movie even before it even came out which you know obviously I, I spoke at great length about on this podcast um and even since there's been a lot of discussion about this film and where it stands and not just where it stands in terms of its, it's as a critical success but also uh where it stands kind of where it what what benefit it, or detriment is it to uh, our side as a whole so this should be a fun review show um, if you were, I wish you guys could have been with us when we were talking about this movie after we watched it on Saturday night, because I got to say it was um, pretty heated discussion. Good spirited discussion. Spirited, yeah. Spirited, but uh, yeah, spirited is probably a little better. I don't know if it was heated, but it, you know, we have strong stances. I almost wish we could have recorded that as our podcast, but I think that you guys will still enjoy this conversation, so it should be fun. Let me introduce you to my co-host, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari. What's up, dude? And uh, and uh, what did you think of the Joker, just real quickly? What's up, EJ? I am glad to be doing this review. You all know how excited I was to see this movie. I thought the movie was great. I thought it was very thought-provoking. I thought it was chilling. I feel like chilling is a word I tend to use a lot when I describe this movie. Um, and uh, I'm also interested in talking about that whole dangerous angle as well um because it has been gaining a lot of traction and people have different thoughts about the movie and i'm very interested in getting into that discussion all right and joining me as well is kendall stewart kendall what's up dude and what did you think of the joker yeah i mean uh i mean yeah it's definitely a a very very strong movie um all the hype that it had coming into it uh for all different reasons it it, it definitely hit the mark for a lot of reasons, um, but particularly Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of this, uh, this Arthur Fleck character, uh, who ultimately ends up becoming the Joker. Spoiler alert! Uh, he, or does uh, he? Or does he? If you read some of some of these I mean, theories, he becomes the Joker on some level in the movie. <laughs> that is true. Fair enough. <laughs> but does he become the Joker? Joker that we know. The whole other conversation we could have, but. Um, Ultimately, though, yeah, that performance is what carries the movie, but there's also a lot of other different nuances about the, the way they told the story that goes beyond the performance that I think was well done by Todd Phillips and the whole crew. Yeah, I um, let's get right into it, guys. I, I echo the sentiments uh, from the top. Uh, I, I thought this movie was pretty amazing. Um it was Shamari uses the word chilling. That's definitely the word uh, for it. I, I, I said on Facebook, I thought it was disturbing. It was uh, uh, sad at times. Um, it's a was, depressing movie. It's a really <laughs> depressing movie. Yeah, there's, there is some humor in it, but even the humorous moments are extremely dark. Um, it's a lot. As I said uh, when, I, when I tweeted and posted on Facebook, I thought about this movie. It's a lot to take. It's not, I think, a movie that... You, know, you just go in there like, oh, I'm just gonna go and have a good time, watch some superhero villain, you know, you know how he became, yeah, he's a popcorn, has some fun. It is not that kind of movie. It is uh, definitely a, a a 
kind of a tough movie to sit through. It's it's beautiful in terms of its uh, cinematography, in terms of its storytelling, and the performance by Joaquin Phoenix is truly um, a one. It, it is as the people who have made the case that you know he should be up for an Oscar. It's totally understandable having seen this movie now. Uh, I think this movie is great. I think it is one of the best uh, DC movies we've ever had. I think that it's fair to say that this is probably the um, this is probably the best DC movie post Dark Knight, in my opinion. Um, if you're talking about or Dark Knight Rides, you're talking about the new iteration that started with Zack Snyder. I know we're not in the DCEU anymore, but now we're on to something else. Whatever that else is uh, that we're in right now, I think right now Joker plants his flag as being the standard bearer. Um, it's nothing like any of the other movies we've seen, whether it be Wonder Woman or Aquaman or Shazam, but um, or you know, and then of course the movie we've seen saw before that, uh, you know, Justice League and BVS and what have you. But it is uh, it is something else. I'm I'm really excited to get to talk about it. But yeah, you love that you left that theater, and you know, it's a movie that's up to you. It's an unforgettable movie experience. And, um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. So, with that being said, I think this sto- this, this uh, podcast, we'd be remiss not to start off with the controversy. The controversy that is surrounded this movie is the question of, is this movie dangerous? A lot of people, as I, I don't I could outline it as I did on my previous podcast, but just to kind of quickly recap, a lot of people, even before this movie came out, Thought that this movie glorified violence, perhaps made the Joker, who we all understand to be a mass murdering psychopath, a sympathetic figure, and that um, by treating him as such, it could uh, inspire maybe people who want to do harm to do harm. I think that's a fair. Uh, I think that's a fair uh, way to go about um, this. You know, a fair way to summarize that rather. Um, there, there's a lot of intricate details of who's saying what, but I think in a short summary, that's the best way to put about it. I'll go first in saying that having now seen this movie and seen those concerns, I know I read up a lot about it last week because we did our show talking about it because you know Phillips had made his comments. I think uh, some of those feelings may be well-meaning. I think that they're extremely misguided. And I think they're mis- extremely misguided because... When you watch the film, and by the way, before we go any further, as I said at the top, this is a spoilers review. So <laughs> luckily we haven't really said too much that spoiled the movie since. But I, I say that right now to say if you have not seen Joker and you don't want to be spoiled, come back to tomorrow when we do New Generation Hero Talk, the normal version of the show, uh, where you know you can hear our normal spo- hero talk. But this is just a review show that's purely only uh, spoilers about Joker. But back to why I think these these views are misguided is because I think that there is this misconception or misperception that somehow the Joker is somehow, or at least Arthur Fleck is kind of immortalized and kind of you know praised because of what he does throughout the movie. And I think what really throws a huge monkey wrench in that vision and in that of point of view is the fact that we see very late in the movie in what was uh, probably the biggest twist um, when we learned that you know Zazie Beetz's character had not been romantically involved with him at all and that he had pretty much fabricated that. That throws 
everything you see in the movie into a whole different light. And now you have to then look at everything you see and say, what part of this stuff is true and what part of this stuff isn't? Because even the scene where he's doing his stand-up comedy, which we all see, obviously, in the uh, in that you know mock, talk, you know, not the mock talk show, it's a real talk show in the movie, but in that talk show where they they make fun of him, uh, Robert De- Robert De Niro's character makes fun of him. We see even in that scene, even though it starts off bad, the the way Arthur tells it to us, it makes it sound as if the rest of the show went okay because they're laughing at him and they're laughing at his jokes. So. In my opinion, I think that you can't look at anything that happens to him that makes him seem good. You can't imagine, you can't assume that that's real. And when we talk about the final scene where, you know, he's dancing amongst the rioters who are all praising him, when he sees the rioters, you know, all in clown masks, tearing the city apart after what he did, I, we can't you can't take any of that at face value. And I think the fact that you see that scene at the very end where, you know, he talks about how, you know, she asked what's so funny. He's like, it's a joke. He's like, can you tell me? He's like, you wouldn't get it. I think that puts a lot of everything you saw in, in doubt. Now, you could make the case that, hey, it doesn't change the fact that someone who isn't um, crit- isn't critically thinking about this movie doesn't see the fact that this guy is really disturbed and anything that he's telling you from his point of view is not to be believed because he's so disturbed a disturbed person won't understand that i get that point but i don't think because an artist puts a piece together that is disturbing per se that that is necessarily dangerous um i gotta shout out john campia well i think it is a I see how some people say it's an apple, apples and oranges comparison. He did make the point that, it, like, Thanos uh, promotes genocide. Thanos actually goes through with genocide. We see it often throughout the entire movie when we talk about Avengers Endgame. And and he and this, that story is also told from his point of view, though not as first person, I would say, as Arthur's story is. You don't go out of the movie and say, well, that movie promoted genocide and it, it, it's a bad message because he, he succeeded. Like, I don't I don't get that perception for this movie. If you can't do it for Avengers Endgame, you shouldn't do it for this one. That's my take on it. Kendall, I have a feeling how you feel about it, but let the viewers know, what, what, what or listeners rather, know what you think. Yeah, I mean, obviously we had our discussion about it after the movie. Um... You know, I, I think I, I definitely lean on the side of it's funny because we talked about this last week leading up to the movie. I thought all the controversy was extremely overblown, thought it was extremely premature, um, you know, because nobody had seen the movie. So if people hadn't seen the movie to be having this discussion about it's 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 dangerous and this that, and the other thing, you know, I, I, like, how do you know you haven't? For all we know, it's it's just a standard comic book movie. It's a Joker, this, that, and the other. We don't know how, we don't know what's going to happen. With that being said, I have to eat a little bit of crow from my own perspective because I, I think those people, I, I don't know if they had seen the movie, maybe it was the early critics that started this conversation, but regardless, uh, or they just knew what it was gonna, how it was going to turn out because I feel like the story 
or I feel like the, the this movie as a whole could potentially, in my opinion, be viewed as dangerous because I think, look, I don't think it's dangerous in the sense that, like, you know, it's not dangerous in the sense that, you know, you shouldn't go to see this movie in a theater for fear that someone's going to shoot it up or anything like that. Like, I don't think, like, that's a whole nother level that I just, I wasn't really, that I didn't necessarily agree with. And that was a conversation that I didn't agree with. In terms of just the the message that I think this movie sends, and look, do, does every movie have to have a you know a lesson or a, a message that's positive, something to come out of it? I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would imagine like for me, the better stories are the ones that have the more positive messages. You know, I wouldn't want you know, a movie out there where I'm like, and this one I think does have some messages that you can take away say are positive. Like, you know, we need more, you know, funding for mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, things of that nature. Like, there's not, it's not all bad. You know, all the narratives in the movie aren't incorrect or, you know, there's a, a obvious, you know, anti-bullying narrative in this movie. Like, that kind of stuff is fine, but I think the, the, the my issue with it is this character seemingly everything is going downward in his life when he tries to more or less do the right thing. And when he decide when he decides, screw it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go buck wild more or less, then things start to become more positive for him. And then in the end and he starts to get recognition and then in the end he ends up getting praised and, you know, he ends up winning essentially and by the end of the movie, like, we don't know what happens really at the end, but he may have done something to the psychiatrist and who knows, but um, it just it, the, I just feel like it sends a message of like yeah, you can do this stuff and it can end up going going like it, it can, you can end up, you know winning more or less uh, yeah, and and helping yourself in your in whatever situation of depression or whatever you're in, and that's just and there's too many there's too many moments in the movie that I just felt like weren't realistic and how these these things wouldn't have would have ended. Um, and again, I, I I understand the the point of like, well, to be fair, it's, it's more or less an imaginary. It, you can you couldn't potentially interpret it as an imaginary. Uh, situation but at the same time that's such a deep take at it that like I that's not my issue my like if it because that's not what it's being that's not the story it's being told that's like a an alternative potential conspiracy theory but the primary story is, is what we saw and what we saw was what I feel like is is, is what could potentially be a dangerous takeaway for society. Now, you know, again, it's not Todd Phillips' responsibility. You know, it doesn't take away from the movie in terms of, like, I still think it's a great movie. Uh, I think the ending, for me, is more so the ending. I think the, the movie in its, in its totality, we've seen a lot of tragic villain characters. So the, you say the ending specifically. Are you talking about him in the cop car and the rioting? Well, pretty much post- 
pretty much everything post uh, him shooting De Niro. So, he, like, not necessarily the shooting, but just everything that happens after. Or are you including the shooting as well? We need to be clear before we continue this conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the shooting, I thought, I mean, it was, it was, tele- it was telegraphed, and I thought the scene was incredible. Um, just, like, Everything that the the, the the events that went into motion afterwards, the it, it didn't ruin the movie, but I think you know when you end the movie for me on a lower note, I think didn't really make sense, and I wouldn't have told the story that way. Then I wouldn't then you know it takes away a slight bit, um, but and real quick like the thing on Thanos because I had mentioned this to Shamari that that same night. Where I was like, I, I feel like, you know, Thanos is also a villain, like you said, that wins in the end. Mm-hmm. But for me, the difference is that he is a, he's a character that, one, he, he, what the way he won necessarily, although it, it was through pure, raw power, you know, like, like, um, it took a might that Joker didn't have. Like, he, he got to that point in a way that was way more realistic and way more systematic that could feasibly happen in real life. And because of that, like, that's where I say that that's dangerous, as well as the fact that, you know, Thanos also had the, for me, and I think a lot of people, there were some people that I guess weren't privy or didn't know or were concerned, but, you know, from my perspective, I like. We all knew that there was a second Avengers movie, so it was like, yeah, I mean, he won this one, but in the end, he likely won't be the ultimate winner, you know. But, but yeah, uh, so I mean, I think there are some slight differences, but um, it, for me, it doesn't take away from the from the from the movie in terms of it being a great movie or not. It's still, still a great movie. Still, uh, one of the better movies we've seen this year, we've had this year, so. Um, Shout out to uh, Todd Phillips and Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Um, I disagree with a lot of Kendall, what Kendall said, but I got to let Shamari uh, in here. Uh, Shamari, you heard my take. You heard Kendall's take. Where do you stand on whether or not this movie is dangerous? Um, so I do not think this movie is dangerous. Um, I, I am with EJ in the fact that I think the people that think so, Kendall included, I guess are well-intentioned. You know, and I think it is, I honestly think it's a testament to the just how realistic <laughs> Todd Phillips' movie is. Um, in terms of the, 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 the style of film that he's trying to evoke and, um, uh, and the level of realism that is being evoked through this comic book movie to the point where people got scared, you know, mm-hmm. where people are getting scared. You know, they're like, oh, my God, you know. So it's that real. Um, but no, I do not think it's dangerous. Um, I think it is. I think when it comes to this type of stuff, these types of things being dangerous, I feel like it's a. It's a. Um, normally, I don't like slippery slope arguments, but I feel like it's a slippery slope. Personally, mm-hmm. um, like for example, there's a, a, and this actually just came to my mind, but um, there's a game, there's a video game that came out a while ago called, it's called Bully. And the goal of the game is you're a school bully and you're bullying people. Like, that's the game. You're bullying people. 
you're taking people's lunch money. You know, you're causing trouble in to with the teachers. You know, getting into fights, joining gangs, blah blah blah. That's that's the game. Mm. It was very highly praised, highly rated. You know, if that came out now, people would be losing their minds. You know, whatever. Like, and it came out. I think Rockstar made that game. Same. They made. I mean, they made GTA. So, you know, uh, but I think I think they made that game too. And and like, you know, even I at the time was like, oh geez, wow, you know. But like. I mean, I, I'm not going to say, oh, no, you shouldn't have made it. You're going mm-hmm. to create a bully. You're going to create monsters in society. I I mean, I just, I don't know. I really do not, um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think that this movie is going to um, create uh, any kind of, um, uh, uh, any kind of monster or anything like that. Um now, uh, I, in the end, does it show the Joker winning? Even that, even that, I think is is. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go on that, but you can go ahead. Yeah, even that, I think I don't I don't, I don't think he won. Like when I, when I was watching the movie, I was curious about that too. And he was standing on the thing and blah blah. I was like, wow, so he got away? No, he's still locked up. I'm like, oh, so he got locked up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's just you know free and doing whatever he wants. Like I don't think he won in the end. I don't think he won in the end. Like I really don't. I mean, he is, uh, and uh, not only that, I feel like winning, even winning, quote unquote, for him is almost like. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think he is. Uh, what's, jeez, how, how should I phrase this? I don't think he is uh, portrayed in the movie as someone who. Uh, in the end, was like, oh yes, he got exactly what he wanted. I don't think he did get exactly what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I think he just ended up embracing this persona, um, and that's it. I mean, he sees it as more of a, I guess, a positive, possibly, um, but ultimately he's psychotic, and that I feel like that's the message. Message ultimately that was being portrayed in the end is that this guy's a psychopath, and he, for whatever reason, he's infecting the city uh, of Gotham uh, with all this negativity and, and hate and anger. Um, and uh, I guess he's kind of come into his own and accepted that he is this person. Um, but I don't, I don't, I personally don't see it as Joker one. And I don't think it's really glorified at all. I think that I don't, I wouldn't use that word at all either. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the telling of the the, the story, uh, but I, I think it, I I do think it's a slippery slope though because I feel I feel like this happens in um, uh, horror movies as well. I think the the villain winning quote unquote or everybody dies quote unquote. I mean that happens in horror movies. Where yeah. Ghosts, I mean there's just ghosts. I get. I mean the the ghost doesn't get caught in a lot of these horror movies. Yeah, or like Jason, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, Jason. You know the ghost or the or the uh, the serial killer. You know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or whatever. A lot of times the serial killer doesn't get caught. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Oh, they beat them in the end. You know that that rarely happens. Um. So uh, or like the first it, for example, they don't catch Pennywise. Well, 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 no, they don't. They don't catch Pennywise. They cast him out, but he comes back or whatever. But like, um, but yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a slippery slope. I think calling this movie, you know worse i think it's just the realism of it 
that's making people uncomfortable. And the fact that he uses a gun, which is, you know, what the weapon of choice for a lot of people nowadays. I think that's what's what's setting people off right now. Yeah, um, I, I disagree that he wins. Um, because to me, he, he just delves into his madness further. I don't see how he won. Um, like Schwein said, he's locked up. I put that in quotation marks because um, there's a lot of... Uh, there's, it, it, there's a lot of interpretations of what happens to him and why we saw what we saw at the end. But even if we take it at face value, he's still locked up in a mental institution. Um, he... he he is, his mother is dead. He never got the girl. Uh, lost his job. He's he he lost his job. He's off his meds. Uh, I I don't think that the I don't think that he won. I think that we could look at it and say, oh, well, the people were cheering for him. I just feel like that's a very shallow way to think about winning. Uh, I don't. Yes, like in the in the theory, he talked about wanting to be noticed, and now he was noticed, but. I just don't see how anybody looking at it with you know, a rational mind can say because he was noticed, therefore he won. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, especially the way to me, I, I think also the reason why a lot of people make that case is because they humanize him for long periods in the movie, but like he changes drastically, obviously once he kills those three guys on the train and to me, when you see how Robert De Niro treats him backstage, uh, and how warm he is to him, and and how you know, I think it kind of you you like even though you know what's going to happen, you no longer can look into that scene and think, oh, like Robert De Niro has this coming to him. Like even if like you felt like man, he was really bullying him and like you know making him show him up. Like like they that scene is there on purpose. It's there to show hey. At the end of the day, he's doing a show. He he does seem to have an affinity for this guy. He wants to be a comedian, and even the way Robert De Niro talks him through his killings, which uh, was it was a, just a, I mean that scene is incredible. But talking him through like how why do you think you should do that? That's not the way you would win. Like that's not how we do things when things aren't going your way. And the way he kind of breaks it down to him, like you realize, man, like this is a guy who yes, you know he's a TV host, so he's he made fun of him, but he he did seem like someone who genuinely was concerned for Arthur. So when Arthur then shoots him, I just don't see how anybody can look at that and say, "Oh, he's winning now." Like like he's clearly a bad person and a bad guy at that point. If there was any doubt beforehand, we didn't even get to whatever the hell happened to Zazie Beats, who we don't see for the rest of the movie. I mean, he breaks into her home with her kid there, says he has a bad day. And she asked him to leave. We don't know what happened after that. So he may have killed Zazzy Beats and her daughter. We know he killed. There his... were sirens also when he was in his room. Yeah, we know he killed his mother. I I just the whole idea of winning at that point. I did. I don't feel like at that point you could look at him and say he's won because every like his his way of winning would have been Robert De Niro talking him down or Zazzy Beats talking him down. Like that would have been winning. Like, he would have came out and, yeah, he got away with those murders, but he has a family and friends now that are propping him up. Like, that would have been a win to me. Him shooting a guy and then 
eventually, yes, he has now these crazy sycophants and followers, but he still ends up still locked up with no way out, so to speak. I don't see how that's a win. And I also feel like I think that this movie is being unfairly picked on. At the end of the day, it's the Joker. And the Joker, that's when we want to just kill the canon now. We don't want to have the Joker in comic books or in cartoons or anything. The Joker is successful at murdering people and killing people and causing terror. He's not a terrorist because he doesn't have a motive, as he, as you know, uh, what's the name said? Uh, uh, Heath Ledger said, you know, some people men just like the art, rather Alfred said, some men just like to see the world burn. But he 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 does cause terror. That's his thing. So if we're just saying, okay, we can't have characters now who who that's their mo. Well, then we gotta start really running down the list of bad characters and bad villains that we've revered for years and years that we're not going to say, nope, those guys can't get rid of them, it's dangerous. Godfather, no, dangerous. Tony Montana, nope, dangerous. No, Walter Walter White, ba- dangerous. Like, I, I just think that it's, like, so lazy to just say, because this guy... I think the only reason why we're saying this is dangerous is because he's perceived as the protagonist for a large part of the movie, but that's still only because we're seeing it from his perspective and we know that his perspective is not reliable. <laughs> so I think that undercuts any notion of feeling sorry for him because we don't know what he's saying is a lie. We don't know if anything we saw is real. We don't know anything we saw from the beginning of the movie except for the fact that he never knew Zazie Beats was real. Kendall? I mean, yeah, I mean... I mean, if that's the case, I mean, what do I take from this movie? I don't know, but I'm assuming that I'm assuming that most of I'm assuming that it's a fairly straightforward. You know, what they told us wasn't real, wasn't real. Everything else we're kind of supposed to assume is real, but you can interpret it how you how you like. But um, yeah, no, I mean, the whole thing about him winning, I mean. Look, I, I think for me the most unrealistic part of the movie was the 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 idea. One I, for me, I think it's the idea that he, from really the jump of this whole clown vigilante narrative, I just think I don't think that that's I don't think it would have been as public as they made it in this movie, and as or as celebrated as they made it in this movie, like. Is there is there an idea that like yeah somebody could do something on either side that's you know I don't know how you want to put it that's that's uh potentially that you do something violent and you can have people uh in some on some underground level praise it sure you know but it wouldn't be I don't think it would be on the front page of a newspaper clown vigilante killed three guys. Like, uh, you'd be surprised. Like, <laughs> I, as someone who works in local television, I don't agree with that. So you think if three normal guys got shot? So, so here's here's the thing that he would be considered a vigilante. So here's Kendall. So here's where I would say you're missing the point a little bit. I think you're missing the point of a point that was made in the movie was that you had Thomas Wayne talking about. Uh, this idea that you know the city is filled with you know low end scum who 
they need him to bring his money and his influence to save the city. So when three of that this guy, this well-known guy who's making it clear he's probably going to run for mayor, says this kind of stuff, then his three his three three of his workers get murdered on a subway train. They were young off, well off, you know, guys with futures and to be told. I'm telling you from my now I'm putting taking off even the creative uh you know EJ New Generation Hero Talk hat right now. I'm actually putting on my New York One shout out to Spectrum News New York One producer hat. You're telling me three white gentlemen who are rich, who are young, got gunned down by a guy wearing clown makeup in the subway. Yeah, that's my lead probably for my hour when I start my show um, at two at two o'clock every day. So that's, it's three, that, 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 so that's a big story. That for, so three guys that that work for Donald Trump, and they work at Trump Tower mm-hmm. or some level. Yeah, they got shot. Is that going to be yes. celebrated? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be celebrated by the media. Well, no, no. Or you said wait, time out. You wait. You said will it be celebrated? I don't know if it'll be celebrated. I think the point I'm trying to make, I think you're missing my point, is that the idea that that wouldn't be covered by the media. Oh, no, I'm not saying it would be covered, but or it wouldn't be covered. But the narrative was you like, say, well, why would it be in the front? doing some good. I don't think that that, I just don't think that would be a conversation. But I could be wrong. Oh, you know? oh, you're talking about, um. Like the positive, like, oh, I like, I think this clown guy is really, now look, maybe they're framing that like Thomas Wayne was like the worst scumbag i mean donald trump is not also not very liked by the public but i just think that if three random people i'm not saying i don't know i, I don't know well that's but, where you that's where you got to jump into the fact that it is a fictional world and now i get your point like yeah. what, is, it, saying, is it believe is it believable that i don't know i, I mean it would be so I, positive it, it's such a leap that people would be like but again the thing we have to consider also is once again joker is an un reliable storyteller but so, that but that's not that um, but then that's on the movie you got to make it clear that what's why not. why do I you mean, make it clear i don't i disagree I because think that's, that's where i say that that was, it becomes dangerous because like you you might look you might be you don't think it's clear wait time you might I be giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying no but can't real but kind of time you don't think that it's not real it's not clear everything you're seeing could be fake as soon as you realize Zazzy Beats didn't wasn't close to him. I mean, look, you don't think that's clear? When I, when I was watching the movie, I didn't. I, when that reveal happened, I didn't say to myself, "Well, what else has been fake?" You never said that. Well, I mean, I didn't say that till like we when we had a conversation afterwards, and you brought up that possibility. I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting theory." But that's the conversation but, that a lot of people are having about this film, even going to the end as to. He talk about how when he's in the social services person talking about how, you know, hey, remember how why you left the hospital last time? And you see him banging his head on a window. And it appears he's in that same kind of garb in the same kind of building. The question becomes, how, did he ever leave that building? Did any of this even ever happen? Or has he been the right. Joker before? And is he telling his origin story? Like, there's a lot that could be made up for this. But I, I don't agree, Kendall, that because we didn't tell you exactly what's real and exactly what's fake, that therefore, when we clearly made it extremely clear that this guy, does, you cannot rely on his version of things, that therefore, 
well, I could actually, I could, I should still take everything that else happened at face value. I don't think that that's fair. Well, they well, t- I mean, because the, the rest of the movie, because the rest of Kendall, the rest, but Kendall, the rest of the movie is told those Zazzy Beats scenes. There's nothing different about them than anything else in the movie, except for the clarification scene of when he shows up at Zazzy Beats' apartment and they give you the the flashbacks but they of didn't, her not being but, there. But they, we didn't get the we didn't get the clarification scene for anything else. That's why I'm like right, but that's I the point. Kendall. The movie and say because then at that point, what are we talking? about? But Kendall, I just feel like I don't think that is fair though that we're gonna mark now is dangerous because you took artistic liberties in telling your story when the story is about an unstable guy. Like you're making it as if there's no artistic value to ambiguity when it comes to telling this story no, with this I guy. No, I think it is. I think there is. I, I absolutely. I, I think that that is a very interesting way of telling the story. I think it makes for potentially a good, like a good story potentially, uh, good character development, good entry when I'm when we're having this kind of discussion. But I'm not talking about that aspect. I'm talking about the 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 idea that that he could have been that throughout the movie, pretty much all throughout the movie that that clown character is celebrated. Again, maybe I, maybe we have to assume that that was fake, but they didn't. They didn't tell us. They didn't give any reason besides the one that we team to. They do give you no. That's not true. They do give you a reason, Kendall. The reason they give you the reason they give you is he's dancing and free, and in the next scene he's locked up. That is your reason. You literally see him get freed from police custody. Somehow he ends up still in a padded cell. Right. So, but you're saying they gave you no indication that, that was that couldn't have been fake. That is your indication, because you just saw him free. How do you get? I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the, like the in the beginning of the, the in the newspaper when he's looking at the newspaper and he's calling him a vigilante. Throughout the whole movie, there's this narrative, obviously, that you know some people think that he, the guy's a hero or an anti-hero, and I'm like, I. I I don't think that that would. But I, mean, I don't. I also again, think, would it be an underground narrative? Potentially, I get the impression. I don't think it would be. I, as, I wanted Shamari to jump in, but I, after mm-hmm. I say this, but I also think you're playing up the idea that these people were in, so inspired and drawn to him before he shoots that guy. I think they were more drawn to Thomas Wayne. I think that. I think that. I think this is the movie playing tricks on your mind because I feel like yes, Fleck and is. Even the Thomas wait, wait, Thomas. Wait, Thomas. I don't want to lose my point, Kendall. Just time out. Fleck is a narcissist, so he thinks everything's always about him through the entire movie. But when you see those people in clown masks and stuff, they're not... Remember, they started wearing clown masks not because a clown shot uh, uh, shot people. They used that because Thomas Wayne said you have these clowns running around here in this city. That was why... That's what... That's what preempted and, and led to the clown mask. Because you see those people saying, you know, the signs, kill Wayne, F Wayne. They're not saying praise clown guy. <laughs> they don't say praise guy. Like, that's not, that never becomes a conversation. But because the movie in, engulfs you in Arthur Fleck's twisted head, I think you're getting a misconception of what was actually happening. Which is, but, it was also, also Arthur's misconception. But beyond that, the... I think the, the, I think the, the anger towards Thomas Wayne in this movie I thought was 
also exaggerated. I think you're wrong, but I need to get uh, we, not I don't, necessarily I don't... also anger, but then also I think just the 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 vitriol was 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 way too I, aggressive. Okay, I, I, to a point that I, I thought was unrealistic. But that's that's fine. I do want to get Shamari in real quick. We got to move on. I yeah. want to get back to that, but I just yeah, I want to get Shamari. Yeah, in I do want to get a few points in. So, yeah. um, uh, so with regards to. Uh, first, with regards to the concept that none of it was real, I hope that that's not the case. I think it's. I still think it's interesting that that is, you know, something that people are talking about, and I do think it's a possibility. I I like the angle that Phillips is going um, with that, um, but I hope that's not the case. I've you know, kind of Inception like Shutter Island kind of gives me those kind of vibes where it's like, what was real, what was not. I liked it better if it was real. <laughs> if most of it was real and it was just okay, Zazzy beats thing that what didn't happen, and he had a couple of other imagined sequences in the movie, um, and then there there is that lingering question of oh, what was real? I mean, it seemed real, but what was really real? We don't know. Uh, was it an origin story? Whatever. Um, but you know, uh, in this movie in particular. And I like it better when, you know, all this stuff is, is there and and we, what happened happened, you know. But I do like I do like having that kind of lingering question there. And I uh, I don't think it 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 um, eases the concern of the people or I don't think necessarily that that would ease the concern of people who think it's dangerous because the movie is the movie and what it shows is what it shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if they don't like the message that was shown then they're going to have an issue with that. Um, now, I don't think that... Um, I still don't think that... I still don't think it was dangerous. I still don't think that... Um, uh, and with regards to, the, to the, the situations being unrealistic, I mean, I, I would say, I say look at... It, I think mo- a lot of the movies that come out nowadays. I mean, look at The Purge. None of that stuff is realistic. I mean, why does this movie have to be so realistic? Yeah. I mean, it sets itself up as a somewhat realistic world and that kind of breaks down as you go further into the movie. I mean, they even have a new story with like super rats or whatever. And it's like, okay, this is obviously like... It's Gotham. It's like... It's, in, it's, it's a, a more realistic but still Gotham-like Gotham. You know what I mean? So yeah, people are going crazy. Blah, blah, blah. I don't see why it has to be super realistic. You know, so that's why that didn't really bother me much at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because Joker's struggles or rather Arthur's struggles are real life problems that r- real people deal with doesn't mean the rest of the world has to be real. And I do think Kendall uh, and I'll give you the last word on this. Then we, I do, we do have to move on. Um, I do feel like you and the people who are moving in this direction of this movie being real, you know, dangerous are picking on it because I think there are a lot of movies you can look at. And at the, the example I gave to you is Watchmen, uh, the book and the movie. I don't see how we could see what happened in Watchmen. And that never was part of the conversation. What is this movie, you know, dangerous because the, the guy who is the villain who thinks he's doing good does the right thing, uh, does the wrong thing, but in the end wins. And he actually did win in a way that I think is way more profound. I'm talking about Ozymandias than, than Joker did. I mean, Ozymandias actually does save the world and he is, uh, praised 
for what he he continues his life as a very rich man and he's praised as a hero even though we know he he committed crazy atrocities like how why don't we have the conversation about that movie but with joker we're having the conversation about it being dangerous um or how uh when i talk about you know misconceptions of people's messages and you know joker misperceiving um what people may think of him i don't see how when we talk about Watchmen, and I don't want to get into the HBO show too much, but we got to see the first episode of Watchmen, and it becomes very clear why those uh, men in the trailer are wearing Rorschach masks. How that doesn't, how we don't have the conversation about well, well, is Ror was Rorschach dangerous for what he did? Like, I, I think that that's not fair, and that's only one movie slash comic book that I can bring up. There are plenty of other movies that you can hit go down the line of that we would never have this conversation with. I think the only reason why we're having this conversation is because guns are a hot topic. Mental health is a hot topic. And these are the things we're focused on um, in America. And they're very, they feel, they feel very real to us because they've taken a lot of real lives. But just because the, the, the actual, the problems that surface in the movie are realistic doesn't mean the movie has to be realistic i don't think that it makes it inherently dangerous just because of that i don't think that that's fair i think that if we put that same uh te litmus test to all of the greatest movies we've seen i think that a lot of them would fail that litmus test i don't know how anybody could like the sopranos or the godfather um or like i mean the history of cinema in this movie in this uh in this uh Cinema and TV in this uh, in this country, there's a lot of violence, violent themes involved. Like, <laughs> I I just think that it's a real, it's really unfortunate that I I think it's an interesting conversation. I won't say it's unfortunate, but I I do feel a little bad for the creators and the people who worked on this movie that now they they're facing. Now I do think Phillips heaped a lot of it on himself, and I do feel that way still. But I do feel a little bad for the initial blowback that they got before he opened his mouth because I think that a lot of it is unfair. But I want to give you the last word before we move on, Kendall. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way. If there were, if somebody made a movie about, because I agree, I think a lot of it, you know, is about the time that we're in. That it, You know, I, like, again, it's, it's, I, I think it's a great movie, but like, I think it's dangerous because of the time that we're in. And I mean, you can make it, and it's a great movie, but I'm not gonna not acknowledge the potential risk. But with that being said, and not just the potential risk, but just that the, it's a very, like, it's the movie just doesn't have a lot of heart to it. You know, like, I'm not gonna look at this and be like, oh wow, what a great, what a great message, or whatever. But regardless. But what, what I, my, what my last this? question though, Kendall, is what would, what would you expect though from a Joker movie? He's not someone. He's a I mean, villain. Look, he kills he people, and usually, and usually, but... he gets away with a lot of his murders until Batman comes around. So that's there's that's the part of it too. Did you, did you not there's want them to the tell the Joker? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a way they could have told that that would have, you know, not come across as dangerous. But beyond that, like, what what is that way? At... Real quick, can you give me in in less than in two sentences what that could have been? An example of that? 
I mean... Because that's a very abstract thing to say. They could have done anything ends, else. If the movie ends with him getting... If the movie ends with him yeah. shooting Murphy... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it sounds like... It sounds like you, you would have liked it if he just got caught. Yeah, if he would have gotten caught... Like, like he got nabbed, like, like, in the back. The ending's a little flat, maybe, but... You know, like... I mean, it's a wild movie. You know, he, we'll see what happens the next time. I'm sure he'll get out at some point because he saved the Joker, but I don't necessarily feel as much that, like... And again, maybe in reality, that's what happened, but we don't know. It's everything is, is so up in the air, but that's the way it was portrayed. But I'll put it this way. The reason why these people feel the way they feel is some people is look at if somebody made an incredible movie about the KKK or the Confederates and it was, I don't know, told from their perspective. And on some level, they won, or they came out on top. Like, it could be a great movie, but I could be like, yo, this is a dangerous narrative to be, you know, putting this movie out there and praising it to, to a certain level. Again, it, it's a it's a great, great movie, but the, the themes and the messaging, I don't think are positive. I just, I just feel like, I just feel like that is a unrealistic... It's just an unrealistic litmus test you're putting to shows. I think you're taking very easy examples. Like, I just... I, I brought up The Godfather one more time. Like, I don't understand how we have plenty of books, cinema, television shows where villains routinely get their way. And more so... more so. It's about the, 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 the messaging about... No, but I feel like no, but, but no, but Kendall, I feel like I feel like, like Thanos, but I feel like I don't that's no, winning, forget about Thanos. Know? I'm not. I never mentioned Thanos. I, that's why I mentioned. That's why I recently keep mentioning more realistic type movies. Um, I just I just feel like Walter White uh, in Breaking Bad. He's doing you know he's selling uh you know crystal meth, uh the you know Tony Montana drug lord. Uh, See, but those issues, organized those crime, are issues that are those way are more like not. No, but no, 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 I'm not gonna let you get away with that. You cannot pick and choose what issues we're okay with glorifying and what issues we're not okay with glorifying. If you're gonna no, make I'm this test with the Joker, but the word I use, DJ, is dangerous. Those issues are less dangerous. How are they less dangerous? Those issues are less dangerous than you know, gun violence and like you do think you, you like, think. Wait a minute. You think organized white crime supremacy. is less is less dangerous than white supremacy? What happened? You think organized crime or drug tra- trafficking is less? All these things are awful. That's my point. They're is all that, awful. Like like you're picking and sh- but like my thing is you're picking and choosing what's okay and what's not okay to glorify and and and, and the people who are doing things that you deem are not okay. You feel like that movie, those movies have to end with them always getting getting their just due. And I don't think that that's a realistic way to, to look at fit cinema, in my opinion. Right. I mean, all right. I, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation. It's, it's a movie about the KKK, and, that, and, they, and they, they win. I mean, if nobody, it's a great nobody, movie, well, it's a great movie. Well, first of all, nobody has made that movie, number one. But number two, my point is... But why not? I don't think that it's... there. There isn't a compelling story there. There's, well, the KKK, if we're going to go here is rooted in just pure evil on a basic level. If whether you believe in the Bible or you believe in the American the American Constitution, all men created equal. They do not believe all men are the created equal. 
Confederacy is the same thing. It's still white supremacy. All men create equal. They don't believe all men create equal. There's nothing really there, to debate. There's a story. Well, Kendall, you, you keep cutting me off. There's nothing to debate about that perception. Therefore, when you say dangerous or not dangerous, there, there's la- the lack of storytelling depth there doesn't allow for much. When you're talking about mental health, there's a lot more to chew on. What how what causes mental health? What um what you know inflam what 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 things that happen in our society could could make things worse involving mental health? Like there are, there are aspects there are storytelling aspects that we saw displayed on this movie in this movie which is why it, it makes the movie great that that there's there's teeth to it. The movie isn't just about if the movie was just the Joker just murdering people. That wouldn't be a good movie. I, in fact, I think I said those exact words on this podcast uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago whenever this movie was announced. I said, I didn't want to see a movie where the jerk was just murdering people. I don't know what story they're going to tell, but I'd be fascinated to see what it is. The story ends up being a lot about mental health and how we handle mental health and how we deal with that. And the stigma, stigma, to, stigma I can't find that word, but the stigma around it. <laughs> like, there is storytelling meat there. There is no storytelling meat really to just pure white supremacy without any nuance. So when you bring up the KKK for example, I mean, you love that example. It, but that's not it's, it's you yeah. can't equate that to mental health. It's not the same. I mean, I think that um, I, I I I agree. I don't think it is the same. I really think it's just the realism of what's being portrayed and the fact that it isn't uh, clear and obvious that Arthur quote unquote loses. At the end of the movie, I think I think that's really what it boils down to. I mean, I think I agree. I agree with EJ, and I don't think a KKK comparison. I, I think that's a extreme, very extreme, hyperbolic example. Yeah, this is nothing. This is, there's no way you can compare that this to yeah, doing I, a Confederacy think, movie. And I don't think that's a very good example. I understand what you're trying to say, Kendall, but I don't think that's a good example. Like my like my my point when I bring up the KKK or the Confederacy or what, really any issue is or those issues are taboo and in a way that i think the this issue at least the way they told it should could be i i think at some point on some level should be taboo and you know i guess you know we don't necessarily have to agree about that but you know i think that's where the people come out and say it's dangerous i tell a story about a guy that becomes a a mass murderer and you know it's told in a Like, people are not gonna are gonna feel a certain type of way about it, you know. I just think, and the listener can be the judge for what how they feel about this. Um, whether you feel one way and change your mind, or you're sticking on one side or the other, I think, in my opinion, I don't think I don't think I've heard a convincing argument as to why we're gonna plant this flag on this movie. I still haven't. Kendall made the point, and I I feel like I've countered him, and I haven't heard a counter that I agree with. That doesn't mean that the listener doesn't agree with Kendall, or someone else may not agree with Kendall. Um, this is all obviously a very subjective conversation. But I don't see the argument for when are we going to hold other movies to the same standard. I don't understand it. And until someone can convincingly make an argument to that, I don't feel the KKK confederacy argument Kendall just made was to me. It, unless someone can make that case as to why this movie in particular is special, other than we're talking a lot about mental health and gun violence in this country right now. And, 
that's, if, there's no, if there's no convincing argument as to why we're not doing that for every other movie and every other show we've seen, where this whole idea that villains being the center of a story is not new. It's not like the joke that Todd Phillips made this up. And until someone convinces it's me that why dangerous. those other movies aren't dangerous as well, and we, we should ban them or do whatever, then I'm not, then this conversation is, I'm never going to be turned. The, the, it's also, my, my last thing that's also dangerous that I want to bring up was that anybody could be the Joker in reality. Like, a lot of people go through depression, a lot of people suffer from mental illness. So it's dangerous because the idea that those people could take the steps that the Joker took and have it end the way it did, not realistic in my opinion, but like, doesn't mean that someone can't interpret it that way, you know, or like, that's my issue, you know? I just, but I still think, I still think that, but Kendall, Kendall, there are other movies where there is realistic movies that guys who don't have mental illness, there's regular people who they go through whatever they go through to become what they become. Those also can be anybody. I don't, I I just feel like there's, I I feel like you're picking on this movie. Like, like, like in theory, anybody could be Tony Montana. Anybody. Anybody no, anybody who knows sense. anybody who knows how to do anybody who knows how to do chemistry can be Walter White. Like that could be anybody. Like I don't understand why the these like these these litmus test things you're putting on with this movie you get level. put on with other other movies. But that's we see people get shot in every movie. That's what my point is that like okay, but like we're, we're now we're we're hedging the bet at gun violence in movies because now we're not gonna have any movies. No, I'm saying. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think you, I think you both have made have made your points. I mean, I think they're I think they're both valid perspectives. Um, you know, I don't know. I th- I just think time will tell. You know yeah. how however people are gonna feel about it. Let's let's. Move off of that point. We've been on it for a while. As far I think, <laughs> try to make it clear there. Um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance, uh, Kendall. I know you talked a little bit about it, but can you go a little bit more in depth of of, of how, what exactly about his performance you thought was so uh, so outstanding? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that uh, I thought you did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he's a weird character, but that's the character he's supposed to be playing. Um, he's very like he's a, he's a character that that like he, 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 he obviously he's a sympathetic character, and like but then or you you also realize that like he's not interpreting things the right way, and you know it, it's just a lot of. A lot, a lot of nuance to the performance and his chemistry with, uh, I thought his mother, and his chemistry with some of the other actors in the movie. And uh, I mean, I, when I think when he switches, when he becomes the Joker, that's when his acting, I think, really turns into a, uh, and those scenes where he is like, where he's pretty much made that turn, even if he hasn't officially put on any makeup, that's, that's where I think that really turns it up a notch. He really turns it up a notch. So, um, I thought it was a great job by Joaquin Phoenix. You know, you can definitely make the case for an Academy Award nomination 
um, for that performance. Uh, I don't know. I, it's tough to it's tough to debate in the letter because they play different characters. You know, they're the same character. Ledger is the Joker for the whole movie. This guy kind of plays a different role. This guy's Arthur Fleck for 75% of the movie and Joker for 25 It could be... So that's why it's tough to compare the two. But uh, I think his is also very, very strong. Shamar, what do you think about uh, Joaquin's performance? I thought his performance was fantastic. Um, I think he... I think... I, uh, yeah, his performance is just... Um, I really think he had a very significant case for best best performance. Now, um, uh, I have to watch all the other nominated performances, of course, but, um, I mean, this is one of the best acting performances I've seen, period, honestly. Mm-hmm. I can say that easily. Because um, this, uh, everything from the, his mannerisms, his voice, you know, how, you know, the laugh slash tick or whatever it was yeah when it wasn't a laugh how it was portrayed and how it almost like pained him to laugh at times and um just just every every scene from the first scene when he's trying to force himself to smile uh i mean it's just from start to finish his performance was mesmerizing mm. And I mean that literally. Um, so I mean, he's definitely um, uh, even for that twenty-five percent as Joker. I feel like he's he's up there in terms of best Jokers we've seen. Um, I mean, it's uh, his performance is fantastic, and and he really makes this movie what it is. Yeah, I think yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. I said at the top of the show. I think uh, Oscar nomination for best male lead is definitely extremely possible for him maybe even probable though i do wonder if the blowback of this movie will in any way uh, hurt that um but yeah i mean i don't think even whether whether you think the movie was great or not great i think that it's hard to to argue that his performance is 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 tremendous um you mentioned the laughing uh the tick that they they had him have the condition that he had uh, that we think he has uh, again, because I, I still think that we everything that happens we need to take a little bit with a grain of salt. At least curious about it. But if that was something they they decided to do creatively with the Joker, that was an interesting, um, that was an interesting thing. And I'm wondering uh, why they went that route. And I do think it's telling that after he puts the face paint on, the tick leaves. Like I don't, I don't know if I remember at any other point in time when the laughing tick was brought back. It seems like at that point he only laughed whenever he wanted to laugh. That I remember, though so I've only seen it once. I haven't seen it again soon, but, um, but like that, that's obviously a Tom Phillips little Nick and you know, you know uh, nod in there. But still, uh, the way that he was able to turn on and off. The Fleck character, the Joker character, like I said uh, when we were talking about it after the movie, I think that there's very, there are, there, there's an end in the movie where he's clearly the Joker, but I feel like there are steps where, you know, where he definitely, definitely becomes the Joker and his swagger is on a, a different level, as so to speak. I think to me, like, even that scene when he clocks out, so to speak, 
I'm like, oh, he's the Joker now. Like, they, like you know, yeah, he may not have killed any more people or done anything else terrible, but like he, there, was a, there are times when he started to have way more swagger. The way he talked to people, the way he kind of flexes himself in front of those detectives, and you could tell. I'm like, oh no, he's that guy now. And like the change in the acting performance from before he kills those guys to after is a lot. Um, he's he's he was tremendous. He was so good in that last scene. And I know it's only one scene, but you almost feel like, man, like, as great as Arthur Fleck was as a person, how great could, you know, the Joker have been? Like, just if he was only playing the Joker. Like, if you took this Joaquin Phoenix and put him in a Batman movie or put him in any kind of movie, like, how great could that have been if, if it was... Or if they tipped the scales more and maybe this movie was a little longer and maybe he's Joker for 50% of it instead of maybe... You know, I would when he's in a full, full paint and definitely murdering people is probably about twenty five percent, as you guys have said. Um, you know how, what how that could have changed things and how uh, great the performance also could have been would have been uh, awesome to see. But I agree, I think that he was tremendous. I think that uh, in terms of comparing him to Ledger, I do agree with Sham that it's a little hard because Ledger was telling the you know if we're making the case that you know or we're in the case that hey, this is the Joker from his very beginning. You know, Ledger is telling the Joker story where he's fully, you know, yes, this is, you know, Batman's first encounter with him, but he's been the Joker now, you would think, for at least years or, you know, months. Whereas this is Fleck, you know, Joker from day one. So it's hard to really say who did better, who did worse. They were, they had, they were in different stages of their lives. So it's really hard to compare. And he also had, he also did have a foil like Batman. Right. His foil was really uh, the TV host. The TV host and Tom Wayne were his, Thomas Wayne were his foils. But because he does, because as he said in the movie, which is why this movie is incredible, because he's not noticed, like, they don't even know he's their foil. He's his foil. Yeah, they can't really interact with him they don't, on those TVs. Yeah, they don't interact with him until he puts himself in, his, in their face. But those two men haunt him for the entire, almost the entire movie. So... Yeah, it's a good point, Kendall, that, like, he doesn't play off someone like Batman. And, you know, we don't get to see it. The times we finally get to see him play off of the two men, uh, they go in very uh, explosive ways. Um, and how that would have been had he had more interactions with them would have been fascinating. Uh, speaking of those men, I do want to focus more on Thomas Wayne, because I think that his character was one that we were going to be closely following and Interested, interested in seeing how they would uh, portray Mr. Wayne. Um, Shamari, how do you feel about how much they interwove Thomas Wayne and uh, and really just everything about him into Arthur Fleck? And once the the mother, his mother, makes the case, uh, or he doesn't make the case, he find he finds out, but that she is under the impression that. You know, Arthur is Thomas's illegitimate son. What what did you make of Thomas Wayne as a whole, and what did you make of how they inserted him directly into Joker's origin? Um, I very much enjoyed uh, Thomas Wayne. Um, uh, it seems like nowadays we're seeing more and more dark portrayals of the Waynes and Thomas Wayne for sure. Uh, Chris Telltale and now this. Um, but hey, I'm glad people are people are taking liberties with the with the the comics and the canon, and they're just doing whatever they want with it. Um, but I thought it was good. 
I thought it was very, very uh, good. Thomas Wayne is not a good person in this in this uh, no. version of uh, the Batman universe. Um, but look, look, I mean, that's part of the story they were trying to tell. I mean, he's another you know kind of rich uh, douchebag, and that's just what. Um, and, but that's how a lot of these rich guys are. These rich, powerful uh, white guys that come from a lot of money, from a lot of old family money that's how they tend to be look at trump you know what i mean <laughs> like that's how these guys tend to be you know like so it's not unrealistic it's not unrealistic at all it's not like oh my god why would they do no like, no that's that's how a lot of them are you know so it's just it is what it is i thought it was cool i thought it added a lot to the story um, I like the the possible swerve of oh is Joker related his son is Joker related to Bruce Wayne blah 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 and then they were like oh he's not but is he really not I mean it's a lot of weird stuff going on there yeah. but I like when that that they introduced that I thought that was really cool yeah now Kendall that's been a huge question of debate is what is the relationship to Thomas Wayne and, and Arthur because it's you know at in the beginning. I, when I first when, they, when he first read the letter, I took it at full face value that oh, this is one hundred percent. That's Thomas's illegitimate son. That's a huge step in the direction that I've never seen anyone think about going. And then you learn more about Arthur's mother, which leads to more tragedy. I thought that to me, like learning about Arthur's mother and what it did to him, allegedly, because <laughs> again, everything's very ambiguous. Was that was the saddest part to me? Like I think if there was any part that almost moved me to tears, it was probably when he learns about his mother and when you learn about Arthur and like what's happened to him because of uh, his mother's mental own mental illness and how that mental illness seems that unfortunately maybe it passed down to him. All of that stuff was really sad to me, but it's still tough because then. You know, he goes in front of uh, Thomas, and Thomas says, "Look, man, your mother was crazy. She was she had to be committed because she had all these mental issues. She was delusional." And then you go to the Arkham State Hospital, and they say, "Yep, yep, mother was delusional. You know, and and everything." Shout out to Paperboy. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Paperboy from Atlanta. Uh, that was his one scene, but he he was great in the scene. But then uh, Brian Tiger Henry, by the way, for those who want to yeah. know a real name. But um, but then as which I didn't even pick up on when I first watched the movie, but having read about this movie, I didn't pick up on that Arthur had found that card, which seemed to have been from Thomas Wayne, and it was like a love letter to his mother. So that <laughs> seems to suggest that maybe eleven. Well, there was a love letter. Like Arthur finds a love letter, or or at some point there's a letter or a postcard from Thomas Wayne that appears to be to his mother. So that would lend credence to his mother not being crazy. Or she could yeah, be... Yeah, some people think that, yeah. He she, may have covered that up. Yes, he, that this is someone who has extreme power and extreme influence. And if there was anyone who could make someone disappear, for lack of a better term, without killing them, it would be this man. Especially if he was dealing with someone who was mentally unstable. Because I think it's, it's pretty clear his mother is mentally unstable. I don't think that's up for debate. Um, right. Assuming that that part of the story is real. That I don't think that's uh, for debate. That he has a mother and that he was raised by her and all that stuff. Um, so that part now maybe leads to the that it is real. So Kendall, what did you make of the idea that maybe 
Bruce and and the Joker are actually half siblings, and how much they incorporated Thomas Wayne into Joker. Yeah, I mean, I am uh, like my primary interpretation of this movie is pretty much everything we were told. So I am assuming that he is adopted, and or and that the twist was that he wasn't adopted, or that he he's not his son, even though he thought he was, and that led further to getting further to his hatred for Thomas and the delusion, and, you know, all that, this, that, and the other thing. I think that all I. I I take that more at face value, but there is a possibility that like he said that, you know, he, that there was a cover up of that situation and that they kind of uh, forced uh, or they kind of fabricated those documents to make it seem like he was adopted um, for whatever reason. Um, but if we're assuming that. If we are going with the thing that maybe they are related, that would certainly add a connection and a layer to the, the, this Joker character that uh, between them and him and Batman that we've never seen before. Um, I I don't know if I need it. I don't know if I like it because one, I like I always prefer when the when Joker Joker's hatred for Batman. Or, you know, Joker obsession. Whatever you want to call it, obsession. Uh, yeah, obsession with Batman is unrelated to the fact that he's Bruce Wayne, because no one really knows he's Bruce Wayne. And it would actually be interesting that it's actually interesting in this story, some other stories in the past, like I mean, Gotham, to an extent, like they create a Bruce Wayne and Joker relationship outside of the Batman Joker relationship. And we've seen that in the comics as well and other stories, but um, everybody knows me, and you know, it's not really a, it does it changes it a little bit, but it's, for the most part, it's similar. But um, I always like that dynamic that like he doesn't know who Batman is, he still is obsessed with him, and. So I think the fact that, you know, him and Joker, or Joker had, would have this obsession with Bruce Wayne, obviously, in the future of growing up, uh, will, will certainly also add to this, will certainly add another layer to it. But um, whether or not, you know, he knows he's Batman or whatever, whether or not, that doesn't necessarily play up to the, the rivalry for, from the Joker's perspective, from Batman's perspective, you know, he will have a certain feeling about Joker because, well, one, this this Gotham will know that Arthur Fleck is the Joker, right? So yes, if, assuming he is the he is the Joker, which is again yeah, he's is up for debate, which is why some people are have questioned whether or not he's the Joker because you would say, well, maybe yeah. this is someone who inspires the Joker. Yeah, I'm never a fan of the whole. Oh well, yeah, we have a Joker who inspired the Joker. You know, I didn't like him in Gotham. But regardless, um, or the the theory that there was out there in Gotham, but um, but no, I I, um, I I feel like you know it's still you know assuming that that he is the Joker, it still leads uh, it still leads to the fact that you know 
he inspired and ultimately led to the the, the Zoro alleyway scene mm-hmm. that we've seen for a million a million times, and that will lead to Batman's obsession with the Joker. So, yeah, and not ways, to right, and not to uh, similar to sorry. what we've seen from something like Batman Beyond and Turn of the Joker. But mm-hmm. uh, what were you gonna say? No, I was going to say, and, and part of it feels like that's also why, I don't know if I would say Joker won, I don't want to go back to that conversation, but I do feel like the idea that while he may feel he won, he, especially not knowing that Thomas Wayne, because he, when he says you wouldn't get the joke and he thinks back onto Thomas Wayne being killed and Martha being killed, it lends enough to me to think that, oh, well, now his real, his quote unquote real son also doesn't have parents. Who love him, and he will now be uh, twisted into the madness that I've been uh, subjected to. But he doesn't realize that that man is going to punch him in the face for the next forty years or however long he has left, because that man's that young boy is going to be Batman. So I, that's also why I don't think he won. But not to stay on that, uh, I tell you what: when I left the theater, and I did remember seeing that card. I, I didn't remember seeing it. I remember seeing it, but I didn't. I, I couldn't read what it said. Uh, Having now known what it said, I think it said, I love your smile, uh, you know, and it was Mark T.W. Right. I think that, I think he's Bruce's half-brother. I think that that is Thomas's son. Because, one, the actor uh, who played uh, Thomas Wayne, he says that he played the role, Brett Cullen, he says he played the role as if that was his son. Um, and I think... There are a couple of clues to, to suggest maybe that he is his son, which is why I think the twist that somehow his mother was admitted was so admitted and that she had all these issues was so dr- telling. Because remember, when he encounters Alfred, Alfred isn't that shocked to see him. Well, yeah, he knows exactly who that is. He knows exactly who he is now. You could make the case, well, could have Thomas had told him, yo, man, some dude pulls up. You know, with this name, like, know what the story is. I mean, possibly, but you, uh, it just, there was a, a kind of a, a look of, like, uh, like, you know, uh, Alfred was clearly concerned for Bruce in that immediate moment. There also was a concern of, like, it almost like, oh, snap, like, this is the moment. Like, yeah, this, is gonna, this, this is going to change everything. And I don't think that you would take that, uh, take that train of thought if you were um if like you knew this guy was actually not his kid uh, like i feel like he would have had a different approach to it like that actor would have acted the scene differently he acts the scene as if he's trying to cover something up he doesn't act as if like like look you're just very clearly badly mistaken like you just need to leave he's very much like you get out of here like don't ever come back here like why like why would you act like that for someone who clearly could have just had a misunderstanding? You no, know, you know, like and Arthur wasn't I mean, yes, he was messing with Bruce. That was a little weird. But otherwise, once he deals with Alfred, he wasn't threatening really at all until the confrontation. And the other grew. Yeah. It goes back to your whole but you go back to your, your ultimate point. I mean, how how real you know is that, 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 that interaction? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Assuming yeah. assuming that interaction is real, I do agree that a lot of that stuff is fishy. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that... But it's that's why... I, I mean, I love this movie. Because I've, like... I think that it can go both ways. Like, I think you could make the case 
that um, that uh, the woman, uh, uh, his mother, perhaps may could have had an affair. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that that's his kid. Like you know, Thomas could have been having an affair and sending this woman love letters, but she could have you know been delusional in the fact that I have a kid and this kid's name is Arthur, and well, he's a yeah, like he's like, like he's a right and. You know, now what the thing though is that they're saying, well, Thomas could afford to adoption, you know, adoption things as well. Like, why did like why didn't Alfred say, "Yo, man, you're adopted"? Like, <laughs> the fact that it came from Thomas was like pretty interesting too. Like, Alfred could have easily said, "Look, man, here's the deal. Like, your mom adopted you, fam, and like Thomas had nothing to do with it." Like, because the adoption thing is so, like you said, like Kendall is so like cut and dry. Like, either he's adopted or not. So I did that, like, Alfred would kind of do this dance with him without coming out saying, yo, fam, like, you're not even close to this guy's kid. Like, it's literally impossible. I lean towards him actually being uh, Thomas's son. What do you think, Sham? I mean, it, it is curious that Alfred was so, like, taken aback by his presence. Um. I mean, because you would think, I mean, this is what happened years ago. You'd think that Alfred would have been like, who are you? <laughs> you right, know, yeah, exactly. Like, like, he immediately recognized her name and his name and all that stuff. He's like, oh, you like, look on his face, you know? It's like the chickens so, come home to roost look in his face. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, that's definitely very suspicious. It at, least, it at least seems like something significant happened between them. I mean, now it could just be, oh, this woman went crazy, started claiming I had her kid, and something, something, and something else. But, like, um, but I don't know. It, it definitely is fishy, that's for sure. Someone uh, someone pointed out, like, uh, <laughs> what what single mo- what single woman would request or even be given a son in adoption? <laughs> like, that's fair as well. <laughs> um... Like, the mom... You know. I mean, it does happen, but it's a lot harder. Exactly. And if the woman is mentally unstable, that would make it a lot harder. <laughs> right. Uh, now, obviously, you know, maybe they say, well, she, her symptoms came out afterwards. But, I mean, ironically, we, we saw that scenario play out a little bit in Supergirl. There's a whole episode that was dedicated to single mothers trying to adopt and what that process is like and how difficult it is. And, you know, Alice's whole story in that last season of Supergirl is not a whole story, but a lot of it is about that. Yeah. So that is a, uh, you know, you know, it kind of first he's a little callous about it, but I do think that is an interesting, or the person who tweeted that was callous about it, but it is a, a point to be made. If you're making the case of what's more realistic, that she made this entire thing up and she has a kid that's adopted, that she never had a situation with Thomas Wayne at all. Um, or that Thomas Wayne being the rich billionaire that he is, that um, is so convincing in his uh, feeling within himself that he could just change the world by his will. Why wouldn't that same person think that he could make, again, a kid and a woman that he doesn't want disappear? This is a man who literally in his speeches said, I'm the only one who can fix this city. Like, he he, he has this uh, uh, larger-than-life perception of himself so like i said you asked me today i think that that is this kid what i will say is i ne- i really there was one thing i wasn't a fan of i really wasn't a fan of the joker the, the martha scene the martha thomas killing scene happening 
I just that, and I told you guys this after the movie. I did. I do. I do think there's something important about Batman in that there's the the killing is so random that it almost kind of drives him crazy. Like his whole his whole vow uh, to you know protect the city and to protect the, the helpless is based on a killing that he has no chance of solving, no chance of figuring out, no way of really rationalizing with himself. I think, that, to be honest, I think that's kind of why he becomes Batman. Had there been a ways to explain and rationalize this terrible tragedy, I don't know if he becomes Batman. I think because of the nature of it is what made it, what also drives him to become Batman. Because um, he's, he's constantly fighting this trauma that he's dealing with in his own mind when you when you make it so much it was linked to this particular guy who started a movement allegedly again all this is we don't know what happened but if we make that the if we take that at face value i I just i don't know if i if i like batman's story being so linked to joker i'd like i'm fine with thomas wayne and the joker angle because i do while I do get Kendall's point that I do think there is also something special about Joker's obsession of Batman, I also feel like Joker is a kind of crazy person to where he would never bring up that he actually is Bruce's brother. Like I, I almost feel like in a way I could justify him like just never really making that about the rivalry, even though deep down it always is and would explain his obsession, obsession which we really don't have much of an explanation for until... Maybe this movie. When you look at it the other way around, though, for Batman, I think that it makes his thing with the Joker too personal for me. I don't know if I really... I like. I kind of like that Batman and Joker do this song and dance where Joker is so obsessed with him. And Batman really only wants to stop him, but he he's one of these men that the only way you stop him is you put him down for good and, he, and Batman won't do it. So... When you add now, oh, actually, he's the guy that inspired the killer who killed my father. I, I just think that gets a little messy in terms of who Batman is. So if there was anything I disliked about the movie, that would be one of the main things. I, I did not like that aspect of it. I did like the Thomas Wayne aspect of it. I do think that it adds a layer to the rivalry between Joker and Batman. And Joker and adds to Joker's obsession with Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Um, that was the thing I disliked about the movie. Did you guys have anything uh, besides Kendall mentioning the dangerous angle? Uh, Kendall, did you have anything else that you weren't crazy about in this film? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, it all kind of goes in the same thing, but, you know, I, I think there were some, some political undertones that just didn't seem, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't seem necessarily, I don't want to say real, but, like, you know, it, it just seemed too unbelievable, too goofy. But, um, you know, uh, but beyond that, they were exaggerated. I'll say that. But um, uh, in terms of the, the the story, I mean, a lot of the things that they that I wasn't a lot like. I mean, I wasn't sure about the him, the thing with him and Zazie Beats, and then they they kind of you know threw the okie doke, which then make made it make more sense. Um, it's funny when you talk about things that, you know, reasons why you're not supposed to leave a lot of the story is, you know, the first the sign we get of that is when he's, when he has that dream sequence in, in, at the Murray show. 
and you know, then we realize, oh, that's that wasn't real, you know, where he's like doing whatever he was doing there. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and at first I was kind of like, <laughs> what is this? Like, what is he doing? And then eventually you realize, oh, this is probably a dream sequence. But like, that was the first sign of him having those issues. But um. Uh, if there's anything else I didn't like, I mean, I just I wish that we would we would gotten more Joker. You know, I think that uh, it like the movie the intensity really ratchets up like a like crazy when like after that, you know, at the start of that Murray scene, which is incredible with him and De Niro, uh, and really everything after that was great. But well, I don't want to say great because I have my issues, but like we didn't get much more like kind of just end there and i mean it's a great way to end the movie uh but at the same time he was so good in that scene i would like to see more of that character we didn't really get it so um yeah other than that it's just a really dark depressing movie so there's not much for me to i mean i I mean it's it's hard for me to call it a negative because that's the way they wanted to tell the movie but you know it's not the most fun movie obviously (laughs) Um, real quickly, Kendall, did you think, did you want more, do you want the movie to be longer? Did you want essentially the Joker being more of the Joker or did you want, uh, in order for this or in order for that to happen or did you want them to cut some of the Arthur Fleck stuff to give us more Joker? Uh, they probably could have cut some of the Fleck stuff. You know, I, what in particular, I'm not, you know, I, I didn't think too hard about, but. Um, but the movie also was so good that I like if you added another fifteen minutes, I wouldn't have complained. Okay. Um, but yeah. What about you, Sam? Um, when it comes to my negative or negatives for this movie, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough. Honestly, EJ, you stole my negative, so that was gonna be my negative. Mm. Um. So regards, you can you can elaborate on it though. Yeah, and and I and it is my negative for a different reason. So mm-hmm. I didn't so much have an issue with it being a part of Batman's lore, though. I don't I don't really like that either. Now that you bring it up, but that wasn't my main reasoning for not liking it. I'm just tired of seeing the Waynes get shot. Mm. You know, I'm I'm one of those people. You know, where it's like okay, every single time, and in this movie especially, it really did not have to be there. Mm. I feel, I feel like because this isn't even a Batman story. You know, and then Wade's got to get shot. I'm just like, all right. So you just threw that in, so you can say this has something to do with Batman. You know, but it's like that didn't need to happen. I felt like it was uh, pointless. I mean, I get that they want to have you know the Joker guy um, say uh, what well, I forgot what he said to Thomas Wayne, but it, you know that line that was supposed to be meaningful. Um, they said to Thomas Wayne before he shot him, um, but. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't think that it needed to be there. I thought it was very extra, very fan servicey. Mm-hmm. It didn't fan service me. I yeah, know, I mean, I don't know who it serviced. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't feeling it. I would agree with that too. I think that um, I didn't mention that as part of my critique of it because that wasn't my main critique. But I do also feel like, yeah, I I don't understand why people feel the need to always have to end with start telling. Somehow getting around to the beginning of Batman's story. I thought the scene we had with Bruce with Joker was so powerful 
already, or Arthur rather was so powerful already that I kind of was like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm good with it if I don't see him again. Like that was a really crazy scene. That's a moment that, um, if we're gonna tell the story that Batman knows Arthur, like I, that is a chilling experience for a child to go through. Something they, I don't know if he would forget per se. Uh, a man touching his face and doing that like that was that was obviously weird, and I thought that that I was fine with that if they were if this is a story where Batman knows who Joker is. When you go the length of a Greek, again, now you're, you're going to have, you know, the, the killing again. I'm like, and that Bruce is in the alley, you know, a sad kid with his parents just being killed. I'm like, I do agree. It's a little gratuitous. It is very fan service I, I think you're 100% right about that. It was unnecessary. Uh, I think they wanted to give more chops to the Joker and what he what he created. I I could argue I would argue that I don't know if I really don't think that that was real though. To be fair, <laughs> I don't think that means that that doesn't necessarily change. I don't think it needs to be in there, but I do think that its its only purpose was to make Arthur feel better about that happening. I don't think it was related at all to whatever he did. I think he just wanted to relate what he accomplished in in his head um relate that somehow to a rant what was actually a random killing but i don't think we need to see that anyway i don't it didn't add that much to me um and i do feel like again i don't agree with the idea that bruce should somehow be driven uh in this thing because of something specifically one uh, one person did that he knows i don't think that makes any sense uh i'll go ahead and I don't want to harp on the you know the winning thing again, but it also you also wonder if they put that in the movie like Thomas Wayne's the villain of the movie, more or less, you know, in Joker's mind. And it had kind of had to be a, a some sort of finale, and you know, or closure to the story, and that kind of that kind of acts as closure to his story, more or less. It's true. You know? That is fair. Where we have him in the scene, you know, smiling or laughing about, you know, the joke. Yeah. Yeah, that is fair. That definitely does, if you're talking about, I mentioned how, to me, the two villains are Robert De Niro and Tom Swain. We know De Niro's end. That is definitely Thomas's end, clearly. So that would wrap the story from Joker's perspective where he's the protagonist. So that would make sense if that's how they wanted to end it. Again, I would say that it was unnecessary, but... It is what it is. So, very astute point, Kendall. Um, I think we're at the point of the show where we can do a uh, letter. We could do a number of grades. I think we've got to most of the stuff we enjoyed about this movie. Um, uh, I'll go to you, Sham, first. What are you giving Joker out of 10? Uh, I'm giving Joker a 9. Uh, I'm giving it a 9.2 out of 10. Um, I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, I thought the acting performances were amazing. I thought Todd Phillips' directing and the cinematography was also amazing. Um, I thought uh, I thought the tone of the movie, just the, the overall aura of the movie, how it's a period piece, was very, very, very good, very gripping, hard to... It's like you want to look away, but you don't want to look away at the same time. A lot of scenes are hard to watch. Walking Phoenix just in general is hard to watch. Just looking at how bony he is and how malnourished yo, he, he is. Sweet, <laughs> he, he was malnourished the whole movie. Very yeah. hard to look at. Yeah. You know, and like so. he, 
Like, and I, like, part of me was like, he really has to lose that much weight. But, like, they had to, they, they had to visualize and illustrate how, like, I don't say weak he was, but how much, how, like, you know, able to be picked on he was. Yeah, how much of an easy target he was. Yeah, how much of an easy target he was. And how much when people pick on him, they're punching down. Exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I give it a 9.2. I thought it was a great movie, honestly. Um, uh, I probably have to rewatch it at some point very soon. Yeah. What about you, Kendall? Uh, I'm gonna go nine point two five six. I'll give it a nine. You know, I think you know, I think it's a very, very good movie. A lot of great performances, uh, or at least one particular great performance. That I, I think. I, I do feel like because it's so Arthur Fleck central centric, centric that it doesn't really lead, it doesn't really have other like I feel like he didn't give the other actors a lot of rope you know like you know Thomas Wayne has some moments Penny Fleck has some moments De Niro certainly has some moments but you know a lot of them Zazie Beats is kind of just there like you know like there's not a whole lot of like real real uh, great performances, but Phoenix was so incredible that like it makes up for that. Again, a lot of interesting things with the the story that kind of I always love a movie that makes you theorize afterwards, or any story that makes you theorize about the stuff that happened and the stuff that could potentially happen in the future. Um, I always think that that's interesting, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think it's a very, very good movie. I, of course, I have my issues with uh, it from a from a you know political standpoint, but uh, in terms of the the quality of, of of film, it's extremely high quality. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I, I you know, I person put me on the spot on Twitter, asked me what my grade was before I did this podcast. I said nine at the time. And I said, but I can, I, I will hold the right to go up the more I think about this movie. The more I've read about this movie, I am gonna go higher. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go nine point five. Um, I think this is when 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 you when you add more depth to how much this movie is so ambiguous. And I know I'm not saying that that only that just because it's ambiguous is great, but just I think that there's a lot more to peel in this onion, so to speak, that it needs to be watched again and again to really fully come up with what you think but I think that there's a lot of thought behind this movie that Todd Phillips deserves a lot of credit about um the acting performances is outstanding cinematography is outstanding um everything from even that like you know that fake you know talk show felt like something from like the 70s or 80s uh you know that you would see from like a late night talk show it was it was just great. I mean, again, it was to me. It was a movie experience I will almost never forget. So as I sit here today, having learned more about what they did in this movie, I'm gonna go 9.5, which makes it the highest movie uh, I've done this year. I think I don't, I don't know what I have to put Endgame at, but this this was outstanding, man. This was uh, a truly disturbing, scary, sad, sometimes funny, but extremely dark movie. And uh, I'm glad Todd Phillips got a crack at it. Um, I'm glad that they knocked it out the park. Do we I, think? Uh, yeah. 
do we think that, that there is room for a sequel? No. I don't want to see a sequel. I think that, especially when you consider how ambiguous this story is, I don't I don't know if you can do a sequel. Like, I think when we had this conversation before, after we saw the movie, I, I think that I had not done the reading of it. It was just a period, you know, we talked about it. I said, I, I, and then I said I still didn't want one. But now when you really look at how much this movie played with your mind in regards to what was real and what's not, and anything could be up in the air for what's real and what's not. And I don't know, like, because if you do a sequel, then it's like, okay, well, now you're going to establish what is real and what isn't. Or are you going to continue the ambiguous storytelling? And I don't know if you can repeat that twice. I feel like I'd be more okay with this Joker somehow being lined up against Batman than for it to be another Joker movie. And I, and I also feel like this movie was great because it's told the story, again, of the plights of mental illness and Shwari said funding for mental illness and bullying and things like that. Like, all of those themes are now just, they're gone. You don't need those themes anymore. He's now the Joker. So, again, as I said when we talked about this movie being made, I said, I don't want to see Joker just killing people for two and a half hours. That's not interesting to me. Um, what made the Joker killing people in this movie interesting was what got him to that point. Now that he's there, I don't need to see it. What are you, Sham? Uh, yeah, I don't want to see a sequel. Um, I feel like this movie is great. It stands well on its own, and I hope they don't make a sequel. I don't think Phillips actually wants a sequel. I don't I think, think he does either. Well, um, so I hope he sticks to his guns. Why are you kind of? Yeah, I mean, Phillips says he wants it, uh, or at least he's open to it. Um, it made a lot of money, so because of that. It wouldn't surprise me if they did do one. Um, I think there's, I think there are plenty of DC stories, DC characters that you can include uh, that that you know could still make it a very good movie. Um, and like that character was so good that I wouldn't be opposed to it. If they want to do it and they can find a story, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But. Um, I would have to see like a better idea of what potential stories can be told because right now I don't have I don't have the idea I don't have the story you know because I don't want to see a second Batman like it's not gonna be Robert Pattinson's Batman so if not then I don't really don't I don't really want to see Bruce Wayne you know or Batman um, but then I also don't want to see like Jim Gordon you know running around trying like so I don't know so I, I don't know how you would do it but. Um, with this group, you know, that made this last movie, I wouldn't be opposed to them trying again. Yeah, I know Joaquin said that uh, you know, where the character can go is endless. So he seems, obviously, as you said, open. Uh, Phillips definitely seemed a lot less open about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think this is needed. I think this story is so. I. I'd, I'd rather see. Like maybe this group take on other characters, like definitely. You know, yeah, like that I like. I'd be Mando Savage, you know, Mister Freeze. Like there are other villains that have other great stories that you can tell. I don't necessarily need though another Joker. Yeah, Vandal Savage. Uh, I think that's a great idea um, for someone they could they could look into. Um, even a Lex Luthor. There's a, there's there's a lot of great DC villains. 
And they, you know, I know this year they're doing the year of villains in the comic books. Like, if they wanted to have top villains do, like, just a run on, like, DC villain origins. Yeah, I'm, I thought the Joker was going to be lame until I saw what they were doing. <laughs> and immediately I turned my turned around to the 360 as soon as I heard the characters they wanted in the movie. The actors, they, I mean, the actors they wanted in the movies, who they were casting. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be wrong about this. This is going to be fantastic. Uh yeah, if he took that same attention to detail to these other great characters that we have in our in our in our DC lore, anything's possible. So I, I think that's a good point as well, Kendall. I think that's going to be where we wrap this week's show. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this Joker spoilers review. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a fun show to do. We loved the movie, as you guys heard. So we were really excited to talk about it, and we glad glad we got to it. Um, of course, we'll have more hero talk coming up. Really soon, way more soon than you, you most days or weeks rather. You know, we're we we did this Joker review, but we had a lot of stuff come out this week with Batwoman, and we had a Supergirl season premiere, and we just came from Comic Con, which if you guys have not checked out yet, be sure to check out our YouTube content that's up on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media, where we got plenty of uh, of uh, panel discussions. We'll talk a little bit more about that stuff. That we saw as well, and and you'll be seeing more content go up on YouTube in the coming days. But um, but I want you guys to take a look at that stuff and and get ready because tomorrow we have another new generation hero talk going back to back like a like a like like on lethal weapon as, <laughs> as Drake said in back to back um, or Jordan ninety six ninety seven. So back to back new generation heroes talk. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, more hero talk, but. Of course, make sure you follow us on social media at New Generation Pod on Twitter, uh, at New Generation Podcasts on social on uh, on Instagram. Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, uh, MC Sham Twenty Two. I'm on Instagram Action EJ and on Twitter EJ underscore Stewart. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. For Kendall, I'm e- for Kendall Shamari. I'm EJ. Peace.